Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. And that's it, it's over. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Dodgers have won it all in 2020. Time down, the Lightning with the Stanley Cup. They have reached the top of the mountain. They are the Stanley Cup champs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 16 of For Future Considerations. How you doing? My name's Manny. Uh, with me always, Matt and John. Gentlemen, how you doing? Oh, I'm uh, still a little hungover from, uh, <laughs> I don't know what happened there. <laughs> I thought the show was going pretty well on Wednesday, but uh, listen back to it, and, and, and I sounded like an idiot. <laughs> I didn't think you sounded like an idiot. No, you know who sounded just like an idiot. Just the time when you, you just, sounded yeah. like an idiot. No, just the times you disagreed with me. <laughs> John, how you doing? Good, good. I uh, didn't go that hard on St. Patrick's Day, so uh, I'm feeling all right. Well, that's good. Did you wear green at least or no? I did, and I drank some Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> just the G-string. Just the G-string. <laughs> oh, I don't even want to visualize that. Stop it. Every Stop day that it. ends in Y, guys. Every day that ends in Y. <laughs> and since the show dropped, I've now made about 20 bets with people on social media. <laughs> somehow <laughs> you all the betting. Somehow you've become a bookie in the last day and a half here. Unbelievable. <laughs> the Patriots are going to make the playoffs. I'm right. telling you this right now. I should look that up. Kaprizov is going to win the Calder. I'm telling you right now. All right. Well, okay. And uh, anybody else on social media, come at me if you want to. If, if you don't have thumbs, uh, <laughs> come this time next year. We we know why. Yeah. I've met some bad guys online. <laughs> hey, you can follow us on social media. We'd love to hear from you at podcast. FFC on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, you can catch us on Facebook as well for future considerations. Email us too for future considerations at gmail.com. John, did you get a lot of hate mail this week? No, actually. That's no, I'm good. good. I didn't uh, turn a Hall of Famer into a total dud. So I'm <laughs> Chris Weber still hasn't found you or? <laughs> Not yet. Thank God the border's closed. <laughs> Well, on the show, this is the second episode of the week. Um, go back, listen to our previous shows, our previous interviews. We've had some great guests, too. Wherever you get your favorite podcasts, uh, again, you can follow us on social media to get those links. But on the OT, we'd like to have a special guest. And we do have a special guest tonight, a huge guest. This guy. This guy. Yeah, this guy. Even speaking of the border being closed, he is... On the other side of the border, he has played 313 games in the Ontario Hockey League. In fact, holds a franchise record for most games played. Uh, He's a Memorial Cup champion. Mm -hmm. He's the pride of Plymouth, Michigan. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Luke Boca. Luke, how you doing, big guy? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Oh, man. No, it's our pleasure. Thanks for, thanks for coming on to the show. We really appreciate it. Can you believe I haven't seen you on the ice since March 8th of last year? It's crazy. Um, I remember getting sent home like it was yesterday. So, I mean, um, I miss it. That's for sure. I feel like this whole year has just been, been a big waste. But 
What was that like? What, what, what was going on back then when you were getting sent home? Honestly, I, well, we when we got home, we thought there was still a chance of us playing. Like we thought COVID was just going to blow mm-hmm. over, and we were going to be back on the ice in two weeks. And then, nope, still home. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because the the team that I'm with, we were doing the same thing. We had played that night that Hockey Canada had said as of twelve oh one the next day. It's uh, it's no longer we're no longer operating, and we were sitting at Jose's in, in Leamington thinking, oh, this will be. Two weeks, you know, we're in, just played game one of the semifinals that night, so it'll be two weeks. We'll be well rested. We'll be able to watch some video, and we'll be ready to go. And then uh, here, here we are, still sitting here waiting for uh, for that game or, or any game at all. So, um, you know, as you mentioned, there there was really no idea, and nobody had any idea uh, that that this was coming around. So now that we're a year afterwards, uh, what have you been doing with your time, and, and how have you been trying to keep yourself busy? Um, well, when I first got home, my, my summer job is that I work at a golf course, and um, I'm just there in the summer, just caddying, and and um, I love playing golf too. So there's some good perks at working at the golf course. What's your handicap? Uh, <laughs> I'm like ten. Whoa! All right, impressive. Trying, trying to get it down. Trying to get it down for for this summer. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to play golf this year. Uh, but and then when the golf course shut down. I started to work at um, the skating treadmill that we have over here in, in Novi and in, in Arbor, and it's been great just helping working out with kids and stuff. So it's been it's been it's been good so far. Um, you made a commitment to Queens, and then you also looked into playing with your brother Nick for the Fort Wayne Comets in the ECHL. Um, what happened there? Yeah, so I committed to Queens at the end of last season, and then I got home from a bit for a bit and. Um, I didn't know that my brother was going to, we didn't know that my brother was going to play in Fort Wayne at the time. And, um, they wanted me to go visit there and and see if I was interested in playing there. And just with COVID and and everything and getting over the border and, um, didn't know if I was going to be able to play for Queens because the season got canceled. So I just, it was, it's, it's a whole (laughs) (laughs) So I, I then signed with Fort Wayne and then I was like, okay, time keeps going by. Season keeps getting pushed back more. And I was just like, I'm 21 years old. I got to go get my education. I got to make a smart decision here, even though I wish I was playing hockey right now. But, yeah, that's that's ultimately all what it came down to. When was the last time you played together with your brother? I don't, we played together when we were, like, maybe mites or something. So it's been a while, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. We have never played together other than that. So he's a year older than you, is that right? Two. Two? Two years older. Wow. We saw Nick play. We did. At the U Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a big he's a big boy. Um, do you guys uh, tussle much when you were kids, or uh, do you think uh, at this point now, toe-to-toe, man-to-man, that uh, that you'd be able to take him or what? Because you're, you're a tough guy, right? You're a tough guy. Um, you know, he's, he's big, he's strong. Um, 
I'm, I think I'm a little bit more feisty than he is, but I mean, I'd, I'd give it a 50-50 battle. Because <laughs> Manny's uh, taking bets here if anybody wants to lay some hard money down on, uh, on the Bocas. I got all my money on Luke. So, Nick, buddy, nah, uh, you're going to have to be at the back of the line. So, mom and dad would break up the fights a lot. Is that what you're telling us or what? Yeah, yeah that's for sure. So, so with, with your brother going to play at the U of Michigan... How did you end up in the OHL then? Yeah, that's another long. Story. <laughs> it's a good thing we're on a podcast then. <laughs> Keep going. So I when, I, when I was in my draft year for, well, I always wanted to go to the University of Michigan. I love the University of Michigan. Um, then my brother, my brother was actually committed to Michigan State. Oh. That was the first team that he committed to. Wow, interesting. And he was like, we, me and we grew up going to uh, Michigan hockey games, and my my uh, grandparents had season tickets there for however long we were going to since we started watching hockey. And so that was like both of our dreams to play at University of Michigan. And then my brother made the national development program, which was I was hoping to follow in his footsteps and making. And then that just didn't work out, didn't make that team. And then I got drafted to the USHL. And I think I was a second round pick in the USHL. And they w- didn't want me to play my first year there in Omaha. So I got drafted to Omaha. They didn't want me to play my first year. And I just wanted to move away and play play hockey. So um, Warren Reichel came into my life, and he brought me over to Windsor. Fell in love with it. I loved the rink. And um, we visited the school for, for the first time. And just, I, hope, I, I liked the whole setup. And that was pretty much a done deal, just me getting over to Windsor. And he told me, he was like, hey, we're going to win the Memorial Cup in 2017, and I want you to be a part of it. And sure as no, that's what happened. So it's pretty cool. And then you ended up uh, playing five seasons and setting franchise record for most games played at uh, 313. Can you talk a little bit about uh, what that experience was like? Yeah, I mean, playing in Windsor was, was a dream come true for me. Um, and playing the most games in franchise history, I don't know if that's – Something to be proud of. I wish I could have gotten on there. <laughs> Making some money playing in the National League. But, um, yeah, and being the captain there, I think that's it's my that's something that holds so I hold so dearly in my heart. I mean, that's probably my greatest accomplishment is just being able to lead that team. And, and um, yeah, I mean, it's just I love the city of Windsor and I love I love the people there. So I'm very grateful for that. Did becoming the captain when you when you got named the captain? Obviously, you show the work ethic, you show the leadership as you go along. Do you change or does your mindset change at all when you've got that letter on your jersey, or is it is it still business as usual? I'd say it's it's still business as usual, but I mean, as I was in my third year, I was assistant captain, and then um, Aaron Luchuk got traded at the deadline, so. Then I kind of knew that like this was going to be my chance to really step up mm-hmm. and be a leader. And as you get older and and new younger guys come into the team, I think there's there's a way that you have to have to treat people and and uh, respect respect them and just kind of lead by example. And that's what I tried to do was just not with my mouth, just how with my play and and just try and try and be the best example as possible. You mentioned you were part of that 2017 Memorial Cup championship. How much 
uh, do you remember from that season and that and that run and that team? Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, getting knocked out in the first round of the playoffs and then 40 days later winning the Memorial Cup and after all that time off, it was just, I mean, that, that four-game span was just, it's honestly a blur to me just because how crazy it was and how good we played. It was really something that it, that was almost like we got into that first game and we just were shocked how good we played. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone was talking about that St. John's team and how good they were going to be, and we came out and we played an amazing game against them, and then it just kept rolling. And, and What did you guys do uh, that, before that first game? How did you prepare for that? Did you have a lot of time where you were uh, sort of chomping at the bit, and uh, were you worried about coming in a little too hot? Or? How was Rocky's well, boot camp? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What I was going to say was Rocky kicked their ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we we ended up playing like we would play some games against some of the U Windsor Lancer guys to get ready, but it, it was just like it wasn't really the same. So um, yeah, it was pretty much we were just just working and getting our ass kicked by Rocky every day. So that was. But would, like that whole sequence was was just a wild ride of a roller coaster ride because you guys were up three one on London in that first round, yeah, and then lost in seven games. Like I felt for you guys, I was heartbroken for you guys, I was pissed off for you guys too. Mm-hmm. But and then you have that forty four day layoff. Like, can you describe the emotions that you had as a team? And normally that would break a team. But yet you guys, as you said, got better and performed better. Yeah, well, I thought Rocky and Joey Garland did a good job at when we got knocked out. I think they did a good job at keeping it interesting for us and our training schedule. And, and um, like, we got rewarded to be able to, if we had, like, a good week and, and everyone was home for curfew, <laughs> that, <you> know, <laughs> that, we, that we can go and visit home for the weekend or – so that was the rewarding part and obviously I was still me and the younger guys were still there because we were still in school but um, it, there was definitely some rewards during that 40 days off where it was like okay we're going to keep pushing forward and then also being able to watch the playoffs and see what's going on at the mm-hmm. same time I think like that made us hungry to play and and when we got there we were just we just hit the ground running how different is it playing a memorial cup in front of your your home crowd um you know i'm sure you've talked to other players or know other players that uh, have been in the memorial cup won the memorial cup um but it's it's fairly rare to to actually do it uh and win it at home uh i can only imagine that building was uh, was just on fire for for uh, the whole time yeah it was it was insane um I never seen. I was. I remember. I was talking to Aaron Luchuk before the before the final game, and I was like, I don't even know if I can go out there and look. So <laughs> I was so nervous. Um, but yeah, it was just. It was amazing. The the support from the city of Windsor and just the whole Mastercard Memorial Cup experience was just something to something to remember forever. Do you stay in touch with other members of that team? Um, I talked to Aaron Luchuk every once in a while, and he was probably my best friend on that team, and, and he's killing it down in Orlando right now. Mm-hmm. So, And then I'm going to school with Tyler Nother as well. So 
Um, I'm very excited for that as well. Where were you when Luch scored that goal? I was on the ice. Oh, yeah, I was on the ice. Um, What do you remember about the team, the guys on that team? Because the talent on that team was really good, but everybody seemed to have a role on that team too, right? Yeah. um, Like you look at that first line of Rocco, Brown, and um, I think it was Rocco, Brown, and Graham Knott. Graham Knott. And that first line was just like, they could go off for three goals mm-hmm. any at any given time. And then our second line with Addison, um, Villardi, and Julius Natton, and them as well. And I remember they stepped up big for us in that tournament. Um, and then our third line was our line. And um, I remember it was, we called them the, the LLB line, and we were just grinding and going out there and hitting everyone. So that was <laughs> – But nobody wanted to play you guys because that's what you did. Like you just ran over everybody, right? And then you had Mikey in goal. He was fantastic. Yeah, Mikey is is something else. He's the best goalie of even in practice every day. You can't even score on him. So (laughs) he's unbelievable. So now here we sit, uh, as far as uh, you know, being hockeyless for for the last year or so. What um, what emotions do you have uh, thinking about what's transpired over the last year? Um, what uh, do do some of the other guys on the team that I'm sure you're, you're in touch with think? Because you guys were in a really good spot um, before this this uh, this whole thing happened. Um, is there is there a grieving process, uh, or um, you know what do you what do you take from the last year? Well, I think my grieving process is probably over by now. I mean, it's been about a year. Um, I'm just really hoping that those guys can play this year and at least get a chance to, to go make a little playoff run, especially the guy, the overagers and the guys like Douglas and, and Corcoran and Angle can get back there. And I mean, if, if they get sent back from the American League, which hopefully they don't, but um, I'm hoping they get a shot to go and, and, and win something because I had the chance to do that, and that was amazing. And um, I'm, I'm, I really hope they, they do get this chance to play. So how pissed were you, though, when the season ended? Because you guys were starting to make some noise. Um, I, a lot of people had talked about the fact that Windsor hasn't won a first-round playoff <laughs> series in, I don't know what it is, 10 years or or something like that. And it was your overage season. It was... It was your last year. How pissed were you? Yeah, I, I was pretty upset. Um, I mean, just what are you going to do about it? I mean, there's a pandemic going on. I can't be mad about that. So I'm just trying to keep everyone safe. And Yeah, obviously I'm pissed. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, getting a chance to do – and I knew we were going to do great playoffs too, which is the tough mm-hmm. part. I think we had the team to – really make a run with them and and uh hopefully get into the third or fourth round because i still haven't won a playoff series in the ohl so it's hard to believe yet you've got yeah. a mem cup championship yeah. to your name looking back at the ohl coaches polls um you were named best shot blocker three years in a row you were also named the hardest worker do you like being known as a hard worker or would you rather be remembered as a goal scorer probably a goal scorer <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you remember your first goal? Yeah, I do. It came after Christmas time, my first year. I played. I think it played like 
30 games before I scored my first goal, and I just gripped my stick so tight the whole year. (laughs) I couldn't put anything in the net. And then I got one, and then I think I scored a couple games after. I only had three goals my first year. It was was tough. And where is that puck? Where is the the first uh, OHL goal puck? Sitting right over here. Yeah? Right. Um, my dad's got a nice couple shrines of, of all my brothers and, and my stuff, so I got it right by me. Yeah, but, you know, being named best shot blocker, three years running, hardest worker for so many years, that's got to make you feel good. Nice feather in your cap, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it just comes down to I just wanted to win and that's mm-hmm. that's all I wanted to do is just win and, and provide my team the best chance of us being able to do that so how tough is it uh, when when you come across and I know this is player by player and not really asking this question about anybody in, in particular but um, when you're when you're going through the the OHL and, and everybody's got to buy into the coach's plan and and you know everybody's on the same page and all that how, how difficult it is it to sometimes you know put the goal scoring aside put the you know that that aspect of the game and you know uh, guys at the point wind it up and and you've got to take an e or you've got to lie down in your stomach or whatever and and take that shot how difficult is that transition to to make as a hockey player yeah it is tough um because I, I think growing up for me in in the ranks over in the states i was always a goal scorer and then and coming into windsor it's just it's so hard to score goals in that mm-hmm. league and um i just i kind of realized that after my first year and i was just kind of said like how can i make an impact every single game like what way am i going to be able to make an impact and um i i found a way to do so i think and um even though if it wasn't on the scoreboard which every year i think i improved on the scoreboard a little bit but um yeah it it wasn't about me i knew i knew i had my guys backs and they were going to put the puck in the net for me but um there's a lot more to the game than just scoring goals even though it it does count if it, (laughs) it does show up on the scoreboard so and is that something that warren would have introduced to you uh when when you were recruited or um you know was this something that you had talked about with ncaa schools did you know that your game was going to have to change a little bit and you were going to have to make that sacrifice because i'm assuming or or expecting you to say that for a lot of kids that are that age that are going into that level um i can imagine there's quite a few that are just you know will say the right things but end of the day they they want to see the the red light glow on and and they're not willing to make that kind of adjustment to their game well, I think it, it's just something you got to figure out. If you're not scoring goals, you got to find a way to impact the game in a positive way. And if you're not doing that, then you're not probably not going to play much. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's something you got to figure out. And I mean, you look at some of the best guys that played in the OHL, and, and now they're playing fourth line in, in the NHL. Mm-hmm. So they've obviously made their adjustment, and they've had to. So I think I learned it at a young age, and I I, I tried to be. To be as successful as possible at it. Luke Boca, our guest, uh, he played a lot. Franchise record for the Windsor Spitfires for most games played. Who was the greatest influence on your hockey career, Luke? Did you always want to be a hockey player when you were growing up? Yeah, I, I did. But I also loved playing football, too. My dad was a college football player, so um, 
but he was so sick of the game when he was done he just wanted us to play hockey and so he put us in the hockey and he coached us a little bit so uh, he was our inspiration and, and he loved it and he loved coming to all our games and all our practices and, and uh, I'm really grateful for that where did you play football were you uh, defense offense both ways I played fullback in the line. Oh, I that sounds about wanna, right. That sounds about right. I wouldn't want to tackle you. No way. <laughs> oh man, that's not good at all. The uh, when you think about your time in the OHL, what would be the highlight? The Mem Cup win. Yeah, the Mem Cup win win was definitely the highlight. I think in my last year. Um, I also had some pretty memorable moments. I was able to score my first hat trick. And then I also scored that teddy bear guitar school. Oh yeah! So, oh nice, pretty cool. So, <laughs> did you did uh, you get any money? Was there a side bet on that for the teddy yeah, no, bear toss? You had you had me in the I oh, did. So he yeah. can't lose. He yeah. can't lose. <laughs> I did. What's I, your uh, What's your best Manny Pava road trip story? Oh my god! No, no, no. <laughs> oh, Try no. not to incriminate anybody no. else, but. <laughs> I, I, um, apparently he likes Groundhog Day though. <laughs> so I forget, Manny. Did you join? What happened? Because you started coming on with the road with us when Mike Miller lost his voice. Okay. And Steve and I had to pinch it for him for the remainder of that season. I guess it was your third year. It was the year after the Mem Cup. Yeah. Uh, so Manny came on the road with us for the first time, and we didn't we didn't really know who he was, and um, <laughs> it was it was God. you made that video on Groundhog Day when we were in Owen Sound, and it was the funniest video. You gotta you gotta show people this video because yeah yeah yeah, me up. And so ever ever since we saw that video, the boys were cracking up on the bus about it. And ever since then, Manny just became one of the guys. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, true story. I was doing my pregame bit, whatever. They were playing in Owen Sound, and I was, I was talking about who was Spitfires had won five in a row playing in Owen Sound or whatever. And I, I was one of the last guys to get on the bus after the broadcast in Owen Sound. And who do I hear but Boca screaming at, from the back of the bus? Hey, it's Groundhog Day. Get on the bus already. And and from then on, it was a good time. When I thought you were going to get into broadcasting. Maybe you had a oh, career man. in color commentary. Yeah, you made me do that, too. And I'm familiar with Oh man, that you seems were to be a trend with you. We had uh, Jeff Krasakis on, uh, yes. and you were trying to get him into a broadcasting career yeah. too. Yeah, Luke was great. No, I, yeah. I, I don't doubt it. Uh, I, I wouldn't agree. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's next for you? What's going on right now? Besides, um, besides skating school and. Yeah, I'm going to try and get back on the ice here pretty soon. And I'm still working out every day, but um, I need to make money so I can live at home and my parent, my mom's not paying for all of my stuff. No, tr try to keep that going for as long as you can, bud. Try to keep yeah. that going. Yeah. Um, I'm just just working and, and um, getting ready to go to Queens in the fall. So hopefully 
stuff over there gets gets a little better and and uh, i can get over the border and and um, play hockey again next season what do you know about cis what have you been told about cis hockey yeah well i think that it's i think they're going to try and go about it as normal next year i know that our first semester is online already and then they're thinking about opening it back up to real in-person classes in the second semester so Hopefully they do that because I'm not a very good online. Player, so. <laughs> and you want to play as hockey, uh, hockey as long as you can? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, um, I, I would be, want to try and get into coaching at some point, and, and if I can do that, that would be great. But um, I want to get my degree done and, um, and just go from there. What are you taking? I'm in the arts and science program. I have no clue what I want to do, but um, – just trying to figure it out. I want to do some sports management stuff or or something like that, but um, I'm just kind of trying to get my feet wet right now and then and then figure it out as I go. Coaching's yeah. a great yeah. path. Coach slash broadcaster? <laughs> How do you do both? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> is Manny going to be on the bench together? <laughs> Manny does not belong on the bench. <laughs> on the bench I'd get kicked out way too often I'd get kicked out way too often you mentioned that you're a big Michigan fan what do you think of their chances in March Madness um I don't I don't know with livers being hurt I mean Isaiah livers being hurt it's tough I think that they're gonna get they're gonna win the first game LSU is really tough in the second game and then I mean after that in the sweet 16 it's it's a toss up all the time I feel like Mm -hmm. so and then we got a tough um, bracket. We got Texas, and we got a we got Alabama, and UConn, Georgetown. Luke was listening to the last podcast. Yeah, he knows. He knows. Like Georgetown won won their conference mm-hmm. right out. UConn's pretty tough, right, Luke? They're all tough. Um, well, I guess we'll we got Michigan State in there too. So if they win, they're playing yeah. game. Manny said yeah. you literally repeated what he said word for word. <laughs> yeah, he so knows. now we know that he, he talked to you before we did the show on Wednesday to actually find out what's happening. No you got a, Do you have a sleeper in the tournament, Luke? Um, Not really. I mean, I just want Michigan to win, and that's kind of it. So, <laughs> I'm just probably be upset and stop watching. So, so of all the, um, you know, you talk about the Michigan connection of all the arenas that you've played in. I'm sure you've played in some beauties uh, in in the OHL and, and growing up and all that. Uh, does it get any better than Yost Arena? No, it does not. That's the coolest place to go watch a hockey game. I think I hold that to the death of me. I swear that's the. That's one place I wish I got to play in front of, like, a student section. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, we love going there because yeah. it's it's amazing, the student section. But just the ambiance, the atmosphere at Yost Arena is incredible. I walked around and probably took 50 pictures the day we were there. It's it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Did you have a favorite rink in the OHL to play in? Um, I, liked, I loved playing in Kitchener. That mm-hmm. was probably – I mean, that was my first playoff – experience was against Kitchener and that place was rocking all the time that was a really cool yeah, you're not the first play. player that we've talked to who said that everyone seems to love Kitchener for the ambiance there mm-hmm. yeah have you ever been to Good Time Charlie's in, uh, in Ann Arbor <laughs> no no we, so <laughs> You tell the story. Well, we got a couple of them there. So, 
<laughs> we had uh, uh, we had timed it out pretty well. I don't think you Rashad wasn't with us that no, one time, that one. No. Um, uh, but you you've been there. The second time, right? Did we not take John Rohn? He went with oh, us yeah. the second time. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember so you I started could... streaming NCAA basketball on my BlackBerry and you guys couldn't <laughs> believe that it actually worked? Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Yes, yes. But we were there. So we did a, a Michigan hockey game at one o'clock or whatever time it was. Or maybe it was a little bit later than that. It was that. like a five o'clock game. I think. And then uh, Michigan football had played that night. So we went to this Good Time Charlie's uh, and uh, <laughs> watched the football game and, and Michigan got smacked. I think it was Penn State and they may have gotten shut out in that game too. This had been a couple of years ago. But my goodness, do we not have any idea how that uh, night ended. Uh, somehow got home. <laughs> i tell you that. But all I remember was drinking some sugar, fruity, something or other with somebody much later than it was, that place should have closed. <laughs> it was a great time. Uh-huh. The sixth quarterback for Central Michigan and everything. Yes. <laughs> so next time when the border opens... Luke, we're going to meet up at Good Time Charlie's. All right. Uh, unless you got some favorite spots, I'm sure you have a couple favorite spots. Yeah, I got, I got, some. I got a couple. <laughs> I got a couple. Luke, this has been great. Thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. It's fun. Yeah, um, Luke, uh, again, um, we'll go down as I don't think anybody will break the mark. 313 games played, most games played in franchise history for the Windsor Spitfires. I still remember the day uh, that Warren Reichel drafted him, and I was reading about this. He said, Windsor fans are going to fall in love with this guy. And and he was true to his mm-hmm. word. Warren Reichel was true to his word. Fans loved Luke Boca for the player that he was, for the captain that he was, as well as the Memorial Cup championship that he helped the team win in 2017. Absolutely. So we appreciate it again, Luke, uh, for for joining us. Open invitation anytime you want to come over here and uh, and tell us another Manny Paver Road no. story. You're you're more than welcome. <laughs> uh, again, you can follow us on uh, social media. Uh, at Podcast FFC on Twitter and on Instagram, on Facebook. You can find us for future considerations. And John, what's our email address? For future considerations at gmail.com. And you can give us your opinions, a bit of feedback, suggestions for future guests. Thanks again uh, to Luke uh, for joining us. We will be back again next week with more shenanigans, of course, uh, for future considerations. Again, you can find us on all the platforms that you would look for your regular favorite podcasts. Add us, comment, subscribe. Thanks again to Pat as well, who uh, commented on the uh, and reviewed us as well. Five stars, Five star Pat, I tell you. We owe you, Pat. Uh, I don't know what you're listening to. I think you may have clicked on the wrong one, but we appreciate it nonetheless. So thanks for listening. Again, we'll talk to you next week on For Future Considerations. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.